Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keefe Show is brought to you by Unified Office and their revenue-producing restaurant phone technology. The Rich Keith Show. Here we go. You're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You to the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And the father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight. Six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. Welcome into a Monday night edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. Quick 90 minutes leading up to Monday night football. And uh, joining us as always is Nick Fitzy Stevens. And uh, Fitzy, I'll tell you what, following another Patriots game where I dare say there isn't, there aren't the proper radio friendly words to describe the action, quote unquote action from the game against the Giants. It's yet another new low for this Patriots team. You know, Rich, as I listen to the audio of Chad Ryland missing his second 35-yard field goal in as many games, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, one, we may remember that moment years from now as one of the most pivotal, if not important moments in the history of this franchise, at least post-Tom Brady, because Chad Ryland may not necessarily have been the hero that we deserved, <laughs> but, but he's the hero that Patriots Nation needed yesterday. I was rooting for it. You know how I feel about it. This is a team that should lose out, should try to get a top three pick. They're currently picking third. There's a chance they could pick second. I don't know about first. That's going to be pretty tough to jump all the way up to one with what's going on in Carolina. I wouldn't but put it past you never know. Guys. You never know. This was the most winnable game by far based on opponent the rest of the way. We know the NFL's fluky. Weird things happen all the time. But the Patriots were favored in the game. They're not going to be favored for a while. And uh, or again, just a slog of a game. Just a terrible, miserable game. If you like offense, wasn't for you. Not even sure the defenses were very good. It's just the offenses were the absolute pits. But you're right. I am happy that Ryland missed that kick. I can't imagine uh, Bill is all that thrilled that he missed that kick. I can't, I can't imagine Chad Ryland, who now has, what, five Missed field goals on the season, five or six missed field goals, including Maybe two chip have shots. More. Might be and more I, than I that. Do, I do believe Ugh. today, uh, not on his uh, appearance on Goosh, yep. but rather in his usual Monday debriefing at one formerly Tom Brady place, I believe Bill Belichick said, I think Chad's a good kicker, but that's basically an extra point. We can't be missing that. Uh, yeah, he pretty much uh, called him out, and I think, 
I don't know how much more we're going to see of one uh, Chad Ryland. But, yeah, he, he like, I mean, it's back-to-back weeks where that is just a, a short, short field goal. <laughs> back-to-back weeks in which the defense allows 10 points and they still can't get the win. And just that was the sixth missed field goal. So he's 12 of 18 on the season. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You know, hey, listen, while we while we said, and listen, hey, Nick Folk, he's, it's only – He's only ninety five point five percent accurate this season while kicking for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. So, you know. I know, like that was like the, the Pats are so bad that we've we've stopped looking at the difference between Ryland and Folk or Jacoby Myers and Smith Schuster. By the way, Jacoby Myers another touchdown last night. We stopped even doing that because I think one guy wouldn't even make that bit of difference. But uh, it was almost as like every roster move in the off season was the wrong roster move. I still and we can get to the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks have been beaten into submission here for a while. I still. I never. I didn't think he was great, but Mike Gesicki is beyond useless. Like he is a guy that he played pretty well early in his career in Miami. Then when Mike McDaniel got there, maybe this should have been a red flag. He didn't fit into that offense at all. He wasn't used at all. He was coming off a down year. Patriots grab him in the offseason, thinking he's going to be this this big improvement from Johnny Smith. He's worse. He's somehow worse than Johnny Smith, which is. Truly remarkable. It's 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 actually just a put it this way. Uh, every each and every Sunday, Rich, I continue to be impressed by this team. Now I know a lot of people in town are very negative and very down about the way the New England Patriots are going about their 2023 season, but I am thoroughly impressed by this team. Sure, because it has not just been any one individual player or any group of players, a handful of guys, a, a, a positional receiver outlet. No, no, no. This is a team-wide suck in the likes of which I don't think I have seen in the NFL in a long time. And their ability to find new, creative, and more painful ways to lose each and every week really should be admired. It is. Like, yeah. If they're going to yep. go down the drain, the way that they're making yeah. it entertaining – a last-minute pick overseas, missing a 35-yarder in freaking Tommy DeVito's uh, house Tommy old DeVito. Sunday. So, I mean, the cutlets and the gobble that were probably flying at his house afterwards. Jeez. Tommy it's... DeVito, who looked better than both quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, of course he Matt, did. All the quarterbacks they've faced this year, like, that's what's astonishing because, once again, like the Patriots do, or really the NFL, this is a Patriots thing, there's so many injuries that you are going to face multiple backup quarterbacks or third string quarterbacks over the course of the year. And yet all these guys, like whether it's Gardner Minshew or Sam Howell, I guess he's their starter, but you get the point. And uh, now Tommy DeVito, like outplay <laughs> Mac Jones and then even <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Like, what is this? <laughs> An undrafted kid who yep. stunk at Syracuse. Who's bad college player. I don't who get lives it. In his mom, yep. who does his laundry yep. and makes him ziti <laughs> and gravy yep. every yep. day. He got the W. He actually, Bill Belichick, twenty-four yep. and six against rookie quarterbacks. This guy outplayed both of Bill Belichick's quarterbacks and got the win against him oh, at, my God. at Death Life State. Just let that sink in. Yep. This season is like it's actually turned into like it's it's performance art to me at this point now. Like it's. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Like it's anti-comedy. It's like one of those movies, like <laughs> the the Room or like or Bird Bird Demic or something. Like it's so bad, it's hilarious. I think you have to laugh at it at this point. Yeah, like you would just go insane if you were really like living and dying with this. It's just it's comical. You mentioned the different ways that they lose. I'm still blown away by the quarterbacks because for, for two years in a row, it was pretty simple. Good quarterback, they would probably lose whether it be a close game or not. 
and then bad quarterback, back a quarterback, they would win, and they would sort of feast on it. And you go back to the that Raider game that they lost where it was Jimmy Garoppolo, but then it was mostly Brian Hoyer, and they lost that one. Like, that should have been the red flag. And then somehow, some way, they beat the Buffalo Bills, and I know the Bills aren't this wagon of a team that we thought, but still, they beat the Bills. They had that fourth quarter comeback, and you're like, wait a minute. They went from 1-5 and five to 2-5. and five. You're like, does this team have like a little bit of life? Uh, turns out, no. They've lost four straight games the last two weeks. So they they scored thirteen total points in like in twenty twenty three in the NFL. Like 30, yeah. thirteen points is a rough half. You're like, oh, that's a tough half. No, that was two games worth. Two full games. They scored thirteen points. May I also point out, and you've probably bounced this around, and maybe the majority of the audience has heard this up to this point, but it bears repeating anyway both for our enjoyment and their edification. Go ahead. The New England Patriots, the first team in three years to score, or rather to give up 62 or fewer points over the course of a four-game stretch in the NFL and not lose and not win a game. Yeah. And they are the first team in the NFL in 31 years to give up 10 points or fewer in back-to-back games and have both of those games be losses. The last team to do it, the New England Patriots. <laughs> Yeah, this season, this is a very similar it's remarkable, stat to that. It's remarkable, Rich. This season, if a team on, allows 10 points, they're 50-2. and two. If they allow 10 points this year, just in 2023. Now, Rich, who are those two losses? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Fitzy, it is the New England Patriots this week and last week. The last two weeks, it's been ah. the Patriots. So 52 times uh, defense has allowed 10 points or fewer. They win every game if it wasn't for the Patriots. Like, that's the new number. Like that, in, in modern football, that might as well be a shutout. Like, oh, they scored 10 points? Oh, you shut them out. That's a, that's a lights-out oh, defense yeah. if you allow oh, yeah. 10 points. And don't get me wrong. I'm not even saying this is a lights-out defense. You just you beat Tommy DeVito and, you know, even Indy the week before, although that's slightly more impressive. But, yeah, this was brutal. All right, as for the quarterback thing, all week long, it was such a dog and pony show about, oh, we're not going to say who it is. We're not going to say who it is. I felt all along it was going to be Mac, and we laid out all the different reasons why over the last, really, two weeks. It's like they hate their backups. Mm-hmm. Robert Kraft likes them. He's a first-round pick. He might technically still be better than the other guys. Um, what did you make of not just his performance, but then the decision to yank him at halftime? Should they have yanked him sooner? Should he never have started? How do, how do you break down the whole Mac Jones experience, quarterback experience from yesterday? Mac Jones should have never taken the field. He should have been given at least one full game off to watch everyone else that he's been playing with and everything else that is going on with the New England Patriots from a sideline perspective without the pressure of having to gear up, worry about taking a sack, worry about feeling pressure, worry about his bad footwork in crowded pockets, worried about thro- worry about throwing a pick, etc., but instead, he goes out there, and yesterday, following the air mail that he sent to Devontae Parker on the sidelines, which could have been picked itself, and then ultimately his first pick, where he threw to Demario Douglas, except by threw to Demario Douglas, he threw 10 yards over the head of and beyond Demario Douglas, who, by the way, was triple covered, and right into the hands of a giant safety. Yeah, He should have been pulled at that moment, like, okay, this was our bad. We should have given you the week off. You're obviously broken. We've obviously contributed to it. That's enough. Sit down for a while. Instead, they trot him out there because either he gives us the best chance to win or Mr. Kraft wants him to or Belichick is just being a cruel SOB or maybe they're trying to rehabilitate him for some purpose or whatnot. And it is just a frigging 
disaster. It is so bad. The turnovers. Listen, Hunter Henry today sounded like he was going to break into tears when he was on the midday show with Gresham Fourier. Oh How God. these other offensive players haven't thrown in their helmet and I understand they get big paychecks and they're professionals with reputations and dignity and how the defense hasn't showed up with tridents to challenge the offense to like an anchorman brawl in the parking lot to this mm-hmm. point. I don't know because it is embarrassing. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. I mean, it is just so rough out there. And I will say when they put in Bailey Zappi, he's not good either. And you can see why it really they've been so reluctant to eventually give him the job. However, Mac Jones is just it's pointless. It's useless to trot him out there, and I think you could even notice it slightly where I think the team responded. Now, not with a lot of points, but doesn't it just look a little crisper with Bailey Zappi? It's almost like the guys are like, all right, thank God, it's somebody else. Like, I think think the execution of the offense was slightly better. I know the results were barely better, but that's sort of my take. Mac Jones should be done. He really should have been done for a while, but they did such a bad job at having – uh, competent quarterbacks on the roster all season. This is where we're at, and we still have six games to go. There's still yep. six more of these, three of them in prime time, at least as of right now. I just uh, the fact that there are like when the team gets to this kind of depth. Yeah, this feels like this, you got one week left, right? Yeah, like oh man, thank God there's only two games. To go. Nope, no. Nope. There's six games to go, and with the it's way insane. the AFC has shaken out, with the mess that the rest of the AFC East is. Oh, the there were spots they, for grabs. I mean, that there's four or five games that yep. the Patriots absolutely blew this year that could have kept – if they were five and six right now, yeah. we could do a little path math. We wouldn't be embarrassed about the logo. I wouldn't be wearing shirts on Twitch <laughs> that someone homemade that said painful with a Patriots logo <laughs> P. I'm wearing it just because someone made oh it on, like, God. Etsy and sent it to me. Like, it's awful. It's... Like, really. I saw people were at MetLife Stadium yesterday, Rich, in the their equivalent of the 300s with bags on their heads. Yep. You're going to see – dozens of those people out there. Well, this Sunday, Sunday is a home game. Yeah, this Sunday is a home game against the Chargers. It's going to get ugly. You feel free to weigh in on the whole mess that is the Patriots. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on a Patriots Monday. Right now, here's Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Awaken 180. Well, you were either happy or utterly disappointed when the Patriots lost to the Giants 10-7 at MetLife Stadium yesterday in New York. Mac Jones got the start for the first half of the game, going 12-21 for for 89 yards. But after two interceptions, Bailey Zappi started and finished the second half. He went 9-14 for for 54 yards and one interception. The Patriots had the chance to send the game into overtime with the 35-yard field goal. However, fourth-round pick rookie Chad Ryland shanked it wide left. Bill Belichick was on the Greg, Greg Hill show earlier this morning. He was asked about the hesitancy to name the starting quarterback. Why not continue to give the majority of the reps to the starter or give all the reps to, to Mac? And if it was a competition, isn't there a competition every week? So why was this two-week gap different than any other week this season when it comes to the quarterback position? I did exactly what you said. Mac had the majority of the reps. Then why publicly were you so hesitant to say that Mac was the starter? Because I don't announce starters. I don't announce starters at any position. I'm not going to announce starters at every position every week. So I get asked that every week. I'm not I'm not really in that. That's not really what we're going to do. Good job there by Curtis. Patriots now 2-9. They're back at it next week when they'll host the 4-7 Chargers at Gillette Stadium. 
kickoff at 1 p.m. Monday Night Football tonight as the 3-8 Bears in Minnesota to face the 6-5 Vikings kickoff at 8-15. You can catch that game right here on WEI. Our Westwood One coverage begins at 7.30. The Bruins hoping to snap a two-game losing streak tonight in Ohio. They face the Blue Jackets puck drop at 7 p.m. from Nationwide Arena. The Blue Jackets currently the worst team in the East with a 2-7-1 record in their last 10 games. And the Celtics have the night off tonight. They beat the Hawks at the TD Garden last night, 113-103. to Jason Tatum led the way with 34 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. The Celtics will stay in town to host the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night for an in-season tournament game. Tip-off at 7.30. Derek White is probable with a non-COVID-related illness. Drew Holiday questionable with a right ankle sprain. And Kristaps Porzingis will be out with a left calf strain. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Learn how Awaken 180 has a 98% customer satisfaction rating. Proven results when you choose the solution for weight loss at Awaken 180. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Risk Keith Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show on a Patriots Monday. Fitzy is with us as we uh, take up until 7.30 and Monday Night Football as Week 12 wraps up. Vikings and Bears. But uh, talking about this Patriots... Loss to the Giants, 10-7. Pats are now 2-9 and nine of the third worst record in the NFL. And just going back to the whole quarterback scenario situation, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just such, it's so foolish to not say who the starter is when it's not like an injury thing. It's just two quarterbacks who suck. And you can't say who it is because if you're Bill Belichick, what, you just, you, you feel like you want to be difficult. And if you want to be difficult with the media or if you're just or if you're sending a message to craft, like whatever your theory on this is, it's just more wasted energy for all the players on the team who are going to be asked about it for a third straight week about the quarterback, how that affects them and whatever. And I don't see any real positive reason to do this. I have yet to figure out any reason Honestly, any reason why Bill Belichick went through the dog and pony show of warming up two starters. So that way, hey, two starters, one terrible game. Uh, when you have two starters, you, two quarterbacks, you have no starters. Oh, my God. It's insane. Why, like they Did that look like, honestly, that we, we talked about this ad nauseum on the postgame show yesterday. Did that look like a well-prepared team? Did that look like no, not either at all. starter? No. Did it look like either starter went through... Two weeks of the machinations and variables and simulations necessary to quarterback and hopefully win an oh. NFL game. It looked like two half-assed efforts by two quarterbacks who were confused and only received limited reps throughout the preparation process. And what gamesmanship we think we need to gain on effing Tommy DeVito at this point. <laughs> well, no, say the Giants are horrible. They have a horrible defense. They have a horrible offense. They're they're in shambles, and you're doing this. Like I think it's kind of stupid to be honest. Like I don't think there's an advantage really to hey, we're not going to tell you who the quarterback is, right? And if you think it's like old school gamesmanship or whatever, I could maybe kind of see if your two quarterbacks were you know Lamar Jackson and Drew Bledsoe, and you're like, who knows? Because that's mm-hmm. two drastically different styles and whatever. Like maybe there's a little bit of a advantage there when it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. 
Do you think the defensive coordinator on the other side's like, oh, oh my God, like who's it going to be? It's, oh, if it's Zappy, we got to do this, that, and this. And if it's Mac Jones, oh, throw that out the window. No, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're going to get a couple of picks regardless. They're going to get a couple of sacks regardless. They don't really have to worry about much at all. So I don't get it. And to me, now it's more of a, like, you, you hear the thing with Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott when they kind of confirmed that, like, they knew who the starter was last week. And then, you know, that Bill told them before they even went to New Jersey, but yet all the players have to just tap dance around it and, like, just be play along with this crap. Yes. So as, as uncomfortable as all the Patriots sound off the field, like whether it's a press conference or a one-on-one interview, it's translating to the field. Like they're just, they're equally uncomfortable on the field. And thus you're two and nine and you're just praying for the season to end. Does Bill really think, I mean, in his heart of hearts, yeah. in that great, brilliant, beautiful football mind. Sure. Does he really believe that the rest of the team is on board with this plan? So no. I have to worry about the rest of you. No. We don't announce stars. I think yesterday Does also. Does he really no. think no. that this is how, like, yeah, let's all get behind. Yeah, we're going to no. get behind. Hey, here's the best plan. Yeah. I think, yeah. no, And I think it was kind of confirmed, too, that the most of the locker room, if not 80%, would rather see Bailey Zappi than Mac Jones. Well, you're not going to see Will Greer because they <laughs> sent his ass to waivers. He's got the day before. Is the guy's like, they should. We haven't seen him. I'd like to see him. Like, he's gone. Not even on the roster. Great. So now you're right, right back again where you were. They've had 20 different QB transactions throughout the year, and yet yep. here we are, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, just like we were last year during you're this time. You're not even being flippant when you say that. Like, they have I think literally it was 17 had or 18? Yeah. 15 quarterback yep. transactions. A good season, you may see two or three tops. Unfortunately, in NFL or NF Hell 2023, yep. you're seeing a lot because Jake Browning, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday, became the 50th different quarterback to take a snap under center and start a game this year. Like now, I it don't is know. a it is an absolute s show. And most of those, would you say, 90 percent are due to injury? Like a lot of times when, all right, now you know Aaron Rodgers is hurt and Joe Burrow is hurt, and like all these guys are are going down. Kirk Cousins with an injury, not. Poor performance, poor performance, poor performance, and somehow poor performance on the practice field. So Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, Ian Book, Matt Corral, Will Greer, all at one point this year, Trace McSorley, were all <laughs> on the Patriots and then cut. Like none of them even played in games except for Zappi, but Zappi got cut before he even got in there. He got cut before the season started. Yep. So whatever they're seeing at practice, they don't like. Whatever they're seeing at practice, apparently Mac Jones is better than those guys. And yet what we're seeing every Sunday now is Mac Jones is the worst starting quarterback in the league. And that's also not hyperbole. That's not like trying to be whatever. Like that's what it's been. Was it, he leads the league in or he's tied for the league league in picks, but doesn't have a fraction of the touchdowns nope. that someone like Josh Allen or even Sam Howell has or Jordan does he have Love. More picks than touchdowns now? He does. He does. And hey, that list Hey, 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 all right. That list for the whole league. Is actually pretty impressive. All right, here are the guys that have more picks than touchdowns. Uh, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones before he got hurt, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Badgett, PJ oh. Walker. All studs. <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson, Jameis Winston, Tim Boyle, 
Brian Hoyer, Blaine Gabbert, Mitch Trubisky, Bailey Zappi, Clayton Toon, Cooper Rush, and Brett Rippon. Stop it. There might be That's a couple more. Like Patriots. there might be a couple more that have like no no, actually that might be it. Drew Locke. None of those That's are starting the, quarterbacks. No. No. And like Grapple's one of them, but he played in six games. And then he got hurt. He's uh, seven touchdowns to nine picks. But whatever. Like those are those are all guys that are borderline in the league that have gotten an opportunity have not made the most. So that's that's what we're talking about with Mac Jones. But to grind out six more games, and apparently because Bill spoke to the media, he also was on the Greg Hill show this morning once again, not saying who it is, and not that it really matters. Not that you're like even as a fan right now, does anybody care who the starting quarterback is on Sunday? This coming Sunday against the this Sunday, yeah, this Sunday, nope. like, yeah, long-term nope. Patriots quarterback, huge question. I care very much about that, but based on who's on the roster right now, and it's down to two, we don't even have the Will Greer. Oh, what could it be? And these two guys, how can anybody have a real passionate take on this? Like, they both stink. There's nothing there. I don't uh, know. I mean, at this point, I saw that uh, Steve Burton's son, uh, according to Mike Reese, they had a bunch of players in today for workouts. Um, lucky them. Is it Austin? Uh, uh, yes, I believe Austin. Uh, Who's that Purdue? Is right there, yep. Or UCLA? Uh, Austin Burton Purdue. From, out of Purdue All right. was in for uh, a free agent workout today. Why not? I Go mean, ahead. if Belichick's on his way out the door, yeah. why not do your buddy Steve a solid? Yeah. Sign him up, put him in, give him a couple of tosses. Have I Andy mean, Hart's kid go out there and get a tryout. He can run a little bit. Put him out Jackson there. Jackson Hart? Yes. I, be the best quarterback on the field. Give him a go. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got Matt in Framingham on the Patriots situation. Matt, what do you have? Well, I don't have a lot of good to report, I'll tell you that. Nope. And nope. the Patriots ain't given us anything. So, But I will say this, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this. There's usually what we call the seven stages of grief when it comes to a football season like this. I think we're in the apathy stage. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So yesterday, I was out at lunch with family near Foxborough. We went into a restaurant, and there were seven TVs, and five of them had the Pats game, and it was pretty crowded. At no point did anybody in the restaurant react to anything that happened in that game. And that's when it hit me when I said, we have hit the apathy stage. And if that right there does not wake up the craps. Nothing will. Yeah, it'll be interesting, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. Where what the crowd looks like this Sunday against the Chargers. Then they have what could be the ultimate embarrassment Monday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they end the season at home against New York. So there's three home games left. Uh, one of them in primetime, one of them, though, this weekend. Yeah, like what it not only what it sounds like, what it looks like, the whole thing. This is going to be as ugly as it's ever been under Robert Kraft, and it's really not mm-hmm. even close. Yeah, uh, at this no, I mean the not close, absolute yeah. absolute ugliest. Uh, you've got, I can't even imagine. Like I've heard from fans, season ticket holders, people, you know, DMs, tweets, text messages, etc., all throughout yesterday. Many of whom were saying the same thing yesterday, which was wow. I was today years old when I saw the worst NFL game I've ever watched in my life. That might Not be. just even Patriots game. No. Worst NFL game they've ever horrible. seen. Like that was horrible. I, I just wonder like what like what the mood is gonna be like there. You've got three home games left, two in December before the holiday, and then the capper in January, likely January seventh against the Jets. And boy, 
uh, Rich, you're going to be telling your kids and your kids will be telling their kids where dad was for Boyle versus Zappy. <laughs> That's going to be something yeah. else. No, but like, I think going back to the caller's point, too, like I think we're, we're if we're not already there, and I know there's a lot of diehards out there, you and I have gone through all seven stages of grief at this we point. We Yeah. But I, I do think we're getting to the point, and some fans might have already gotten there, even, even after Dallas or New Orleans, but where for most of us, for 17 weeks, minimum of three hours, that's what I'm doing that Sunday. Doesn't matter what the hell else is going on. I'll move it, right? Like, we have something going on. Nope, not doing that. Or if you happen to be traveling, like, where's the TV? Where are we going to watch? Like, it's different than any of the other sports. Even though you try your best to watch as much as possible of the other three teams, football's the one that you literally can watch, and it's not that big of an ask, every second of every Patriots game. How many people are going to be doing that now? How many people can really justify? Not only justify, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we have something else to do. Like, yeah, let's go do that. Let's go do that other thing now because I just spent three hours watching Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi toss the ball into the, you know, to the other team, toss the ball out of bounds, fall down. Like, it's just, yep. it's uh, Mac Jones drop a snap. Yeah, like, uh, but luckily, he didn't get, get uh, credited with a fumble because. <laughs> Uh, they took a delay game on the same play, <laughs> which was just really just like to me. That is the bailed the, out delay last game. year. Yeah. The nutshell of the 2022 Patriots sequence was in Vegas when they had uh, like first and goal at the two and they scored twice, but they committed penalties on both of those scores. So neither counted. And they ultimately said, I uh, actually know they ultimately got no points out of the drive or maybe they got a field goal. It didn't matter. Yeah, they right. scored twice. Neither touchdown counted to me. The play of the year is that Mac Jones, like, shotgun snap, drops it, fumble, <laughs> almost loses the ball. Don't worry, buddy. It doesn't count because you took a delay game Guys, in it's the all first right. place. They can't do I know you anything dropped it, right. but you they weren't ready to begin with. Right. So. <laughs> can't do a friggin' thing right. Nah. How at this point, like, what percentage of the blame? Uh, seriously. This is not, I mean, and again, this is not the pile-on Bill Belichick session. Everyone who's like, oh, Matt Buzzard Media is so friggin' negative. No, like, but, like, enough is enough. Like, but enough no. is enough. Let, let, enough is enough. We are yeah. just commenting on the product placed in front of our faces now. We're not talking about the legacy of the greatest coach of all time. What percentage of the blame would you put on the shoulders or at the feet of the players versus the coaches when it comes to these tactical mistakes that are football fundamental 101, Rich? Uh, that is true. A lot of the stuff should be pretty obvious, but I still think it's like, 66% coaches, 33% players. Because, two thirds, one third. Okay. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Only because Bill is such a big part of bringing in those players. And like those players were either available or cost what they cost or whatever for a reason. Right? Like they don't have dynamic players. And a lot of times those same dynamic players also like know the game. And there's sort of like a trickle down effect. Like a really, really good player can raise the level. We saw it for, I don't know, 20 years where he had the greatest player of all time, and he could take guys that if they were on other teams, maybe that guy would be like a C-plus player, but now he's B-minus. Or that guy's a B-plus player, and oh, my God, he's going to get an A player all of a sudden. They don't have that. They might even have the opposite of that. Like, Mac Jones might make guys around him worse. Like, maybe we're seeing that. And so I do think, you know, the player, there are certain things that are just, like, inexcusable, but at the same time, like, I don't know, we always gave credit to Bill when the thing was buttoned up. Right, and we would laugh at the other team and be like, "Oh my God, look how undisciplined Rex Ryan teams are! Like, what a boob!" It's like, well, if Bills teams are committing delay games, and if Bills teams don't <laughs> seem to know the rules, like, I kind of we got to be consistent. We got to look at the coach and, or, or the coaches 
and be like, all right, those guys obviously aren't doing enough to put them in the in the right spot, I guess. All right, just for fun, now we're getting some tweets about the very matter as to how things are go- have gone so south under center, Rich, from yep. at Jim Darkangelo. Steve Burton was a pretty good quarterback at Northwestern and St. Mark's. Never mind his son. Give him a shot. <laughs> you know, why not? Go he could report- yeah. play and report on the game. First ever player reporter. Johnny Manziel seems to be doing good after his uh, his documentary. You tell me. I got <laughs> mocked, kicked, knocked, derided, yeah. quote tweeted, whatever. When Go I ahead. said, "Sign AJ McCarron." Fine. How, how would there's he, literally there's nobody you could say how would that they I'd be, be worse? like I don't how would know. Worse? Let's, let's give Mac another week, guys. I'm starting to think maybe Mac needs one more week. Let's maybe this is the week. Give Mac enough reps. Maybe he's going to be good to go against the Chargers. Like, there's nothing there. And then even Zappy, as much as I kind of wanted to see Zappy earlier or at least have him get a fair shake at camp this year, and it seemed like he didn't, because, you know, last year, the last time the offense looked kind of decent, there was a couple of games there last year with Zappy, but we've kind of seen enough. Like, I know he was thrown in some tough situations earlier in the year. He got a whole second half here. Like, he he didn't have it either. Like, he's not he's not even worth keeping around. I think Bailey Zappy is a fine is a fine backup. Like I mean, like he'd <laughs> yeah. be a good third string quarter, second string quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Great for yeah, you know, running scout teams, practice squad, preseason, etc. But to, like nobody could honestly be pinning the hopes of a win, let alone a turnaround of a season on no. Bailey Zappi, could they? No, and not only that, but you know, looking ahead to the future, like I, they have to draft somebody, and. I don't think it's really all that helpful to have either one of these guys on the roster. Like, I don't, you, you want Mac Jones and or Bailey Zappi as the backup next year? Like, I don't. I think we need to. Well, one person you won't be having, um, uh, according to our old pal Chris Mason, uh, apparently Greer is not going to be re-signed to the practice squad, so he'll be exploring his options. So we got that. So you don't have to worry about seeing him under center the rest of the way. No, Will Greer. After that, nope. Cadillac wrote a nice article about him. I mean, yep. I'd keep Zappi. I would let Mac. I would either... See if somebody wants to, like, give me a fifth and Pick swap. I'll send Mac in a seventh or something like that or, like, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm not trying to denigrate the man or, like, diminish his value. But I will so say this. Much. It's been fascinating to watch. Fascinating to watch what's going on with all of these mock drafts now. I know we talked a few weeks ago where people were like, we got J.J. McCarthy going to the Patriots. Stop Hi, it, I'm Walter right? Football, and J.J. McCarthy like... is your next quarterback. McCarthy had his moments against uh, Ohio State. I still don't like him. It's not, he's not for me. He's he's super athletic. He's a project, though. It's going to yeah, take time. Any of these quarterbacks should not be, if there's a new coach with a bunch of new players and a whole new personnel department, they should not be thrust into the fire and, and told, hey, kid, yeah. go fix everything and be the answer to all of our problems. They need time to maturate and develop. But watching what's gone on the last few weeks, it's almost like watching the way the way prices go up as needs are as needs are based. Uh, you know, this is the way uh, markets work in capitalism. But like a guy like Jaden Daniels a few weeks ago was in the third round. No, then he made his way to the top of the second round flying up. Now people have him going top five or six. Oh, yeah. I like every year, especially a year like this. There's got to be five quarterbacks again taken in the first round, I would imagine. Right? I mean, it's going to be oh, Williams, I'm gonna May. Six and a, I'm going to maybe set it at like, I'm going to set an early over-under at six and a half. Yeah, because people might want that fifth year on Knicks or, I mean, I don't know about Penix or McCarthy. Knicks, one Penix, of guys. McCarthy, Daniels, Daniels, May, and Kill Williams Williams. right there. Whew. A lot of QBs, Shufa. a lot of QBs. Our draft yep. show is going to be something else. Countdown to the draft show is officially <laughs> underway. It's the most anticipated time of the year. 
from Patriots fans. All right, you can join us at 617-779-7937. Coming up, we'll try to win some money with some Monday Night Football bets in the bet du jour. This is the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keep Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. It's a Patriots Monday. It's also, of course, Monday Night Football. Big uh, AFC North matchup coming your way at 730. So we can pick that now in the bet du jour as uh, we always pick the primetime game as well as a prop. Somehow, some way, the Monday Night Football records are now identical betwixt the three of us. Uh, Fitzy, Stiz, and myself are all 6-5-2. and two. Betwixt. Betwixt. I feel like I used that correctly. Mm-hmm. And tonight, uh, Vikings and Bears. Vikings and Bears. Vikings are at home, and they're three-point favorites. Where are you going tonight, Fitzy? All right. Uh, I s- just, just, just from uh, 10,000 feet, I sneaky think this is going to be a blast. I think it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a breath. No matter what it is, compared to Patriots-Giants, it's going to be a real breath of fresh air. It's not going to be Pats-Giants. Well, not to, uh, be, not to go back to that for a second, but I was thinking the same thing. If you have a friend in your life who is not a huge football fan and you had them watch the Patriots-Giants game with you, they would no longer be a football <laughs> fan. What would their reaction be? They'd be like, you like this? You spend all this time doing this? This is what you talk about all the time? Like, At Rich, yeah. I've almost given a half century to this team. Sure, yeah. Li- yeah. Like, yeah. And I continue to plan on being a diehard Patriots fan to the last death, <laughs> last breathing moment of life. In games like Sunday, it'll be sooner rather a than later. Sooner rather than later. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, yeah. in the middle of all this, it's really difficult to plan your entire day around. Now, obviously, we have to do it for professional purposes, but it is really difficult to tell your 10- and 6-year-old Hey, Dad can't pay attention to you right now. Yes, it's his job, but I need to watch Mac Jones sling another interception <laughs> so I can take so I can yeah. take Wayne from Southeast Call oh, about it God. a couple hours later on the postgame. My show. my two best friends from college, one's an Eagles season ticket holder, one's a diehard Bills fan. And so they're texting each other back and forth. It's a group text with the three of us. They're group going text. back back and forth during that game, and I'm just like during the you know, the great Eagles Bills game, and I'm like, um, you guys see the Giants-Pats game? <laughs> All right, enough. enough. <laughs> All right, uh, Stiz, where are you going tonight in Vikings-Bears? I'm going to have to take the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yep. Yeah, going to be a clean sweep. They're they're at home, and I, I was kind of surprised that it was only three points. I thought this might be more like four and a half, five even. Like, I, I know Justin Fields is back, and he gives them more of a, of a chance than what they had before, but Dobbs has stepped in and played pretty well. No Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, although he's getting closer to a return. But they've been kind of all right without him. They've had this really nice surge. Kevin O'Connell looks like a solid coach. They're six and five. I'll take them to win by more than three. So I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm really most into the money line. But if I got to take yeah, a sure, I mean, I think the money line's a shoe in. It's minus one fifty five, not the best odds. But right. I'll go Vikings minus three. Um, and for a propositional, yes, uh, looks like Dante Foreman, who's one of my favorite underrated running backs in the NFL, and that guy just runs. Like he's the the juggernaut every like he's 
escaping a burning building on every play. He runs <laughs> yeah. angry. I love him. Yep. Looks like he's not going to be a go tonight, which means Khalil Herbert should have his fair share. He should have total control of the Bears' backfield. I'll take Khalil Herbert over 10.5 receiving yards. All right. I'm also going to go with the Bears prop, even though I have the Vikings winning the game. I do like DJ Moore. Give me a DJ Moore anytime touchdown at plus 180. What? Plus 180? Plus 180 for Jones. DJ Moore. Nice. That's not That's bad. Nice. That's not bad. What's it the was... over-under in this one? 43 and a half? Yeah. Oof, I'm tempted by that, too. Uh-oh. Yeah? Uh-oh, watch look out. At, uh-oh, look out, look out Monday night. Watch out, watch out. Here it comes. All right, Stiz, where do you go? I know when we do uh, props for the I game, the you rules. usually go Bruins. I'm going to so break the rules. That's right. Uh, the, the the boys are black and gold. They're in Columbus tonight. They're going <laughs> to snap you gotta that. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> what? It's a prop bet on the football game. He's been doing it all year. And I've been winning. I blame you for allowing it, Rich. He does it all year. I just like, you know what? Why not? Anytime Brad Marchand go plus 150. Let's go. All right. (laughs) So go ahead and parlay the Vikings with a Marchand (laughs) anytime goal tonight. Sure. That's what we have. And uh, all right. We'll tune in to find out. Back to the phones we go. Joe is in Andover. What's going on, Joe? Hey, how's it going? You know, I, I was thinking today when uh, Frank Reich got um, fired and um, how, like, you guys on talk radio talk about firing Belichick and getting, getting, you know, there's this whole thing about firing people and not, you know, it's like it's not a big deal, right? And, and as far as, like, what you guys do for a living, like, like the, you know, the Patriots had a good 20-year run and now they're going to win two games. Like, so my question is, how long – do you think your jobs are going to last with this terrible football team? How long do you think people are going to even care? Right. And what are jerks like you do are going to do out, out, you know, when this is over? Thank you. Oh, good question, Joe. Good one. Yeah. And you know what? Also, Joe, (laughs) Joe, in the, in the, in the talk radio school of insult someone, and then you hang up, you get an A plus on that one. Don't stick around for a back and forth. Make your point. Try to insult us. Call us a name. Say something unpleasant. You guys are jerks. You guys are yeah. jerks. You guys are jerks. You guys are jerks. It kinda, see, this it is the whole thing. There, got this there. is. I see, Rich. Give me a second here, I, if I may. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find this so stupid. I find this so insulting to Pats fans, to sports fans, to Boston fans, media at large, and beyond. That you can't be critical nope. of the effort and the job yeah. done by Bill Belichick in the last couple of years in the post Tom Brady plan of which it seems at times like there really hasn't been much of one. None of us here are accusing him of outright nepotism, idiocy, faltering on purpose, some sort of spite or revenge game against Kraft because Kraft made him take Mac Jones. No, he is the player personnel director over Mac Grow and all. Every decision runs through him. He calls all the shots. He is the brilliant, beautiful mind who, yes, was just as important or just about as important as Tom Brady was in the double dynastic run. But in the last couple of years, he has not done a very good job. He has losing. He has a losing record in three out of the last four seasons. These are just facts. The numbers don't lie. Lawyers, lovers, and people in general do. But the numbers do not. He's not doing a great job. This season sucks out loud. And maybe, just maybe, it's time for a breath of fresh air, a fresh coat of paint, 
or a new voice. That's all. My God, people. Oh, yeah. you jerks. What yeah, are you yeah. jerks going to do? Well, Come on. I, he also. Come, it's insulting wanna, to people's intelligence to say you yeah. guys are jerks just for not like constantly laying flowers at the feet of Bill Belichick. Believe it or not. Kiss that, my ass. Because he's a jerk. <laughs> Believe it or not, that he may not have been the brightest bulb. That's fine. You still, you're still welcome to call in. You don't have to pass you know, the SATs to call us. That's fine. But he did. Uh, I would have asked him, but he tucked tail and hung up the phone. I would have asked him if he feels like Bill should have his job forever. And with no tone on it, just sort of like, it, do you want him to have his job forever? And I'm sure he would have said yes. And then, okay, then sort of a, agree to disagree. And then how long will oh, will sports talk continue? Oh, I don't know. Hopefully a really long time. The Celtics how are still pretty good. The Bruins are still pretty good. The rest of the <laughs> Well, I mean, no I know, based on my track record, Belichick maybe much, not much longer. We'll have to, wait to walk see. through the castle, to walk through the castle streets naked and have us throw vegetables at him and have the shame bell rung. Yeah. No one's going to take the six rings away. The man is not going to be no, disgraced. No. And yeah. also, I mean, he's a poor listener as well. I actually never said fire him. I said hang on to him. Doesn't make sense to fire him in the season. I don't even see the real advantage to that. And then try to trade him away if he still wants to coach. I don't want him to coach this team anymore. But he's going to be fine. And also, like. We're feeling really bad for a guy that makes $20 million a year now, like where where his next job is going to go, where his next meal's coming from. Like, I think he's all right. I think, uh, I'm pretty he sure he's one fired to but he's only get $312 million. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you can call again, work on your insults, and, and uh, give us a shout later in the week. Uh, 617-779-7937. Another half hour to go here on the Rich Keefe Show, including what happened in the NFL coming up here on WEI.